Good afternoon and welcome to the City Club of Cleveland in Public Square. I'm Mike McIntyre, Plain Dealer columnist and host of the Sound of Ideas on 90.3 WCPN. It's my pleasure to introduce today's forum, the second in this year's For the Love of Cleveland series. We just celebrated the 50th anniversary of the Cuyahoga River fire and the progress that has been made in cleaning up the river. What a great weekend celebration of the event that was a catalyst for the modern environmental movement, including creation of the EPA and the Clean Water Act. Today, though, Cleveland and the nation are facing new challenges brought on by climate change. This month into next, we'll discuss climate change from the ground up through the lens of the four natural elements, water, air, earth, and fire. Last week, we concentrated on water. This week, earth, or more specifically, trees. In the late 1890s and early 1900s, Cleveland had more than 220,000 street trees, earning the nickname the Forest City. In the last 70 years, Cleveland's tree canopy has decreased substantially. Today, only 19% of the city is covered by a tree canopy, and we're losing 97 acres a year. Urban neighborhoods, many in high poverty, are disproportionately affected. Trees are good. They absorb and store carbon dioxide, which can help mitigate climate change. They absorb rainwater, aerate the soil, and reduce energy use. But climate change, invasive insects, disease, and development have destroyed much of the urban tree canopy in the United States, including here in Cleveland. Several initiatives are underway in Cleveland and Cuyahoga County to increase the number of trees and the economic, environmental, and health benefits they provide. How quickly do trees impact the effects of climate change? Will these initiatives be enough? And can Cleveland, which is now the deforested city, reclaim its title as the forest city. There's plenty to talk about this hour. We're going to chat a bit here, and then we're going to open up to your questions, so please do have them ready. Joining me on stage are Sandra Albro. She's Director of Community Partnerships at Holden Forest and Gardens, also the author of Vacant to Vibrant, Creating Successful Green Infrastructure Networks. Sandra, welcome. Thank you. Dr. Dan Herms is here as well. He's Vice President of Research and Development at the Davy Tree Expert Company. Dan, welcome. Thank you. Council President Kevin Kelly is with us as well, the Cleveland City Council President. Good to have you with us, Mr. Kelly. Thank you. Good to be here. And Kiana Singleton is here. She's Community Climate Ambassador for the Kinsmen and Central Neighborhoods. Kiana, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Okay, let's start it off. What's, uh, what's so great about trees, Dan? Trees provide many benefits to the environment and to public health and well-being. Forested cities have shown to be safer, healthier. Trees um, sequester carbon dioxide, as you mentioned. They reduce stormwater runoff. For example, a 20-year-old red maple tree will have stored 3,000 pounds of carbon dioxide. It will prevent 5,000 gallons of stormwater runoff reduce 15 pounds of air pollutants. This research that was conducted by Davy scientists in collaboration with the U.S. Forest Service. Many other benefits as well. Yeah, don't forget the, the economic value of trees. Don't forget the, um, the interception of, of runoff, as was stated. But the, the savings in energy costs, as well as the increase in property values, are just a few. And the, the public health benefits of trees, it's not the stuff of tree huggers anymore. This is well-settled science that the public health benefits of trees are pretty much undisputed. And we know in Cleveland that at 19% canopy cover, our trees provide about $28 million in benefits per year. 
at 30% canopy cover, if we could get it up there by 2040, residents would be receiving about $44 million in benefits per year from our tree canopy in Cleveland. So the goal is to get to 30%, right? That's the, the goal by 2040. Yes. Uh, if you're at 19 and want to get to 30, how hard is that? It's hard. Um, it would require planting about 361,000 trees by 2030, um, but it's not insurmountable. We have room in Cleveland for up to 70% tree canopy cover if we planted all of the space available to trees. So 30% is definitely doable. It would require a collaborative effort from everyone in Cleveland, from residents to businesses to our institutions. Um, and, but the, again, going back to these benefits of trees, even though it would be a costly initiative, residents would receive payback from the benefits that those trees would provide within just a few years. I don't know if this jazzes anybody up, but Pittsburgh and Cincinnati have double the tree canopy that Cleveland does. We can get there. Uh, Kiana, talk a little, if you would, about your neighborhood and the benefit of trees or the lack thereof. We've talked about how in cities, as opposed to certain suburbs or more rural areas, of the county, it's a disproportionate number. It isn't 19%. In some neighborhoods, it's 4%. Uh, talk about your neighborhood a little bit and, and what you see as, as the lack of or the benefit of trees. Hi, everybody. Um, where I stay at, it, it's, it's the trees. I'm, I'm nervous. That's all right. You're doing good. <laughs> Where I live at, the trees, we, we, we're putting them up. Everybody around us now, we're jumping on board. Everybody is pitching in, putting the trees up because it was, it was for a minute, it was doing really bad. The oxygen level was really bad. Um, over there where I stay at, it was actually they were cutting them down as fast as putting them up. You know, it was the level. Wow. I'm so do, do you think it's hard for people to to say, you know, a tree is important when there are a lot of other issues that are important too? Jobs are important and transportation is important. There's a lot of things that are important to city neighborhoods. Do trees get sort of enough of the attention? Trees don't get enough attention at all. Actually, when we're um, when we're cutting the grass and everything, we're ruining the trees. We're actually hurting the trees. Because when we're cutting the grass, we're hitting it, we're, we're taking the skin off of it, we're abusing it. And once we abuse it, we, we give it germs. Mm -hmm. we, we're able to let sores, you know, sores that get on trees also that, that get just like us. You know, it gets sores and it get infections. And once the trees get infected, everything goes bad. We have to tear the trees down, we have to cut them down, and they're no good to the environment no more. As far as the vegetable, the, the fruits that grows on the trees is infected. Mm. And if they're infected, what are we going to do? You know, if we eat off these trees and we're doing these different things with these trees, and it's really affecting us. It's affecting everybody. You know, the oxygen that we breathe. It's and Mike, if I could add on to that, um, if I can just add, you know, I think that you hit upon a important point like why trees and there's other issues out there and the first goal of the Cleveland tree plan is to change how we think about trees we have to you know we have to start thinking of this as a critical part of our infrastructure because of all the benefits that we previously stated we can't think of trees as a nuisance that lifts sidewalks or you know something that is you know 
causing a resident other harm with their, with their pipes or whatever. We have to think about trees as a part of the critical infrastructure for reasons of public health, for reasons of transportation, for reasons of economic benefits. Yeah, it's true. We have to, rather than promoting trees as a new special interest to add to all of the other interests that, that people have in communities, we need to make them realize that trees already align with interests that they have. So trees, you know, if you're interested about increasing business in your neighborhood, we can plant trees for that. If you're interested about air quality improvements, we can plant trees for that. I don't think they really know that what trees, what we really get from trees. I mean, we get medicine from trees. We get um, furniture from trees. We get money and books from trees. We get shade from trees. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. And, and we're losing a lot of that, the canopy. Yeah, so the uneven canopy, you know, when we think about these benefits that trees provide and then we realize that the trees are not equally distributed across Cleveland, then it highlights that our lack of even tree canopy cover is really an equity issue in Cleveland. And the flip side of that is that with that, that in mind, we could make decisions about where and how we plant trees to help build equity and also build climate resilience. Council President mentioned that yes. the number one goal of the Cleveland Tree Plan is a shift in thinking about trees, acknowledging them as criti critical community infrastructure. Goal two is a reversal in the trend of canopy loss, which we're talking about here yep. and how to do that. And goal three is assuming full stewardship for the tree infrastructure. And Dan, I wanted to ask you about that. We've talked about planting trees and there are a lot of efforts and you see the, the big, uh, it's not a ribbon cutting, I guess it's a, it's a shovel digging of planting trees. But what about saving the trees we have? And, and often whenever we talk about this on the radio show or we write about it in the paper, you'll hear from people that say, why are they cutting down the trees in my neighborhood when they could be saved? So what about sort of our commitment to stewardship? Well, tree preservation is really important. Um, the benefits provided by trees increase exponentially as the tree gets larger over time. And so, it, you know, it takes a while for a tree benefits to, you know, to kick in. And so preserving you know, the canopy that we have is a critical first step. And Canna mentioned the uh, sores and infections that trees get when they're wounded. Um, I'll point out a lot of the trees kind of are growing on their own as well. So we did a study in, in Cleveland on, on vacant land in the city and found that the economic value and the ecosystem services provided by trees on vacant lots in Cleveland are three times that on residential lots, which highlights one, the need for reforestation, um, but two, you know, the benefits. The trees on vacant lots in Cleveland offset carbon emissions of more than 13,000 cars per year. Wow. Yeah, the Cleveland Tree Plan says Cleveland's first and most important priority is to care for existing trees, but there's a point of diminishing return as well. Um, and I wanted to ask about that, the idea of older trees, some of them do have to go. Um, and what about the balance of that, Sandra, the, the idea that there has to be, in maintaining trees, it also means some, some have to be removed because they're unsafe, and, yeah. and getting people to understand that. Yeah, I mean, people just develop, develop real emotional connections with trees that we don't really see with other types of plants or green space. Um, and it can be difficult when there's a tree that poses a public safety risk to talk about needing to cut that down and start to replace that with other trees that will grow up and be safer and provide those benefits. So I think it's really just a, you know, a touch and go conversation. Every situation is different. You just have to talk with residents, really hear their concerns, and then um, and find a way to balance that. 
So in addition to planting trees and maintaining the trees that we have, the third type of investment in our tree canopy is providing services to people that help them maintain the trees that they have. So leaf pickup across the city is a, is a very important topic that we see people talking about. Also removal of dead trees and just pruning the trees that we have and, and being able to maintain those. So how did we get into this position where we were the forest city and now we're not? Um, and I, if each of you want to weigh in on this, but Kevin and Kelly, we're at 19%. Is it because of development and, and clear cutting trees and not thinking about trees as being part of development? Is it because of environmental factors? What, what, why are Mostly we in this the position? First. Um, you know, when, when Cleveland was planned and developed, it was planned and developed for residential and commercial uses, and a lot of times trees were, were in the way of that. Um, and that's why the Cleveland City Council recently passed a tree preservation ordinance where, you know, if a utility or development is going to take down a healthy tree, um, a value will be assigned to that, and they will have to pay for the right to take that down, and that will go into a fund to further, um, you know, reinforce... Uh, regrow our tree canopy. So it's really just a matter of we didn't value trees as critical infrastructure at the time when the city was planned and developed, and we are now paying the price. And yes, there's been some environmental issues that have hastened that. The emerald ash borer didn't help. Um, but you know now we're at a point where we're at 19, we have a goal, and now we have to do what we need to do to get to that goal. Is there a certain kind of tree, if we want to plant trees and reforest this city, that would do well? We've talked about some some have done poorly because of, uh, of in invasive insects and those types of things that have come in. But if you were recommending, uh, Dan, what would we plant? Well, the, the beautiful thing is that there's a great diversity of trees that are native to Ohio that would be good choices for Ohio. And diversity is a key factor. So you talked about the impact of emerald ash borer. You know, trees were overplanted, or the cities have been overplanted to ash. And in part, that was a response to Dutch elm disease. Trees, the cities were overplanted to elm, then replaced by ash. So planting a diversity of, of species provides some resilience in the face of these threats from invasive species. So um, Ohio's forests provide a, you know, a, a nice reservoir of, of, and of just species. An add -on, just, just an add-on to that, um, whatever we plant, there have been initiatives before to, to reforest the city, but didn't have a maintenance component. We have to make sure that whatever we, we plant, we don't just plant and leave. We have to make sure that it's the right tree to begin with, but also that it's maintained you know, throughout its life. Yeah. Sandra? We get asked a lot about trees, like specific tree species recommendations, because there are so many trees, it can be really hard to figure out what to plant. Increasingly, we've been moving away from lists of species more toward the philosophy of right tree, right place. So looking at the utility lines and the amount of space that you have in the soils and balancing all of those things to come up with a tree that will be able to last in that particular spot for a long time. So, so is uh, a Japanese maple ever the right tree in the right place? When you talked earlier, Dan, you mentioned you know, native, native trees. So what is your thought on that, on, on the kinds of trees that are being planted and whether these, some of these uh, ornamental trees are, are not necessarily good? Uh, well, there are some exotic species to be avoided for sure. Um, I don't think Japanese maples is one that is posing a threat to Ohio's ecosystem. Okay, I didn't example, mean to disparage like, that particular tree. Like, like pears are. Japanese maple is a beautiful tree that has a, a role in the right place. Um, so, but there are certain species like um, calorie pear that's become apparent. That's become a. It's widely planted in cities. Fact, they're right there. And they're now on the um, Ohio 
uh, invasive species list because they've gotten unruly and are spreading into native ecosystems. So those are the kind of exotic species, I think, to avoid. So what is it that, that we as citizens who aren't, uh, who aren't experts in trees ought to be doing uh, in order to help with the idea of increasing the canopy? So planting trees, caring for our trees, but what are, what are some thoughts and what do you say in your neighborhood, Kiana, about uh, what people ought to be doing? My opinion, some of the trees that where we stay at need to be washed down. A lot of the trees need to be washed down. Okay, it rains and it gives it what it needs, but it actually needs a bath. It actually needs to be washed down and everybody get together and do that. You know, they can bring the community together. they be able to learn how to take care of a tree, how to nurture a tree. And if everybody learn how to do that, then we'll be okay. You know, if they understand why the trees even exist. So Mike, point. if I can, uh, Getting back to the idea that we have to just change how we think about trees, and you ask what can people do, right. part of that is we need to acknowledge that we're not going to get to our goal of a 30% canopy by planting on tree lawn trees. Um, many of these plantings are going to have to be um, on, on private property, on vacant lands, on, on anywhere um, where it makes good equitable sense to do so. But it's not going to be something that, that, that government is going to solve by itself by planting on tree lawns. It's got to be a... a Everybody's got to be all in, and the community's got to buy into the notion that we all have to take a part of this. Costly, though. I mean, the idea of getting to that, it isn't just the, the cost of buying a sapling and planting it. You mentioned the maintenance costs and yes. those types of things. So where does that come from, the commitment to, to reforesting the city, but doing it with the funds necessary to make sure that what you plant doesn't die out? Well, same concept. This can't be all government. This has, to be, this has to involve the private sector, the philanthropic community, others, and it, it starts with that recognition that this is critical to our infrastructure, the future of the city, to our public health, to everything that we talked about. So it can't be just the city, although um, the city will be involved. The city will have skin in the game, and we do and we have, but to get to 30%, we cannot fund this on our own. We so, need more programs. We need more children programs, because if we have more children programs, then there are the future. The children are the future, so if we teach them, each one teach one. So if we get them together and spread the word to the children, we can be able to spread the word to everybody else. I believe the children are the future. Teach yeah. them well and let them lead the way. That's right. Right? Just came up with that. I heard uh, that somewhere. <laughs> Sandra, um, Kevin mentioned that it isn't just a government thing, and you're involved in the Cleveland Tree Plan and implementing the Cleveland Tree Plan, but that involves a lot of partners. It isn't just the city and it isn't just the county. Tell me a little bit about the partnership and how that works. Yeah, the partnership came out of the Cleveland Tree Plan and the recommendation for Action One to just increase partnerships to implement the plan. So there are about 40 plus partners in the Cleveland Tree Coalition right now, and we're growing. And those range from in, um, nonprofit organizations to government arms of government, but we also have hospitals, community groups, a variety of different partners in there, um, because we recognize that it's going to take a, a community effort to really increase our tree canopy. So we're looking at what our individual partners can do, but then we're also looking at you know what resources do we need to pull together so that if a university comes to us and says, hey, we recognize that our trees have value, now what do we do? That we can provide them with resources to steward their own trees. 
I had written something a couple of years ago in the Plain Dealer about Pr Franklin Boulevard. They were having uh, some like gas lines installed. And the residents there, rather than just hugging trees, actually set up meetings with the city government and their council person and said, we care about these trees, these sycamores. It's beautiful when you drive down that street. And we want to save them. And they ended up prevailing upon Dominion to bore under the sidewalk instead of the usual method of digging a trench, which is more damaging to the roots of the trees. So essentially, they cared about their neighborhood and saved it in that way. What about sort of the collective proactive method of, of saving trees? Do you, do you see that as something that is, that is picking up steam or that more residents can get in touch with a council person or city government or elsewise or the utility and make sure that that happens? Kevin? Uh, absolutely. And there's nothing that a, a group of concerned citizens can't do. And that's just an example. Everybody is. Everybody wants to save trees. Everybody wants to preserve our infrastructure. But that's one example that if those residents said nothing, I'm quite sure a trench would have been dug. And that they cared is step one. That they cared and they took action. If people would do that, we would. There, we could save a whole lot of trees. But it's it's a matter of hearing from residents that, that this is a value of theirs. This is something that is important to the residents of our community. Dan, what are your thoughts on? Uh, on getting that accomplished, on, on essentially the, the public advocating for trees. You come to it from the scientific side, and you worked at Ohio State University, too, on this before going to Davy Tree. So you see it from that side, but what about sort of the advocacy side, and if basically if trees had enough advocates, this conversation might be a little bit different. Well, I, I think that's true. I think trees do have a lot of advocates, and so encouraging those advocates to, those potential advocates, to become realized advocates. Um, but I'm not sure that everybody appreciates the fact that the city has become deforested. People look at the current status, and maybe they think that's the way it's been, or you know, the way it is. And so, helping people understand the trends that are not just happening in Cleveland, it's a nationwide trend generally in deforestation with some exceptions that you mentioned, but understanding those trends and then understanding the benefits that trees play and the role that they can play in, in helping to reverse those trends. Western Sandra. Reserve Land Conservancy and Holden Forest and Gardens have a tree steward program that it's free to residents. It, they, you go through about 12 hours of training to learn how to really care for trees. At this point, we have about 300 graduates of that program. Awesome. And so we have these tree experts now embedded in our neighborhoods that are looking at, now what do we do? So some of those have started organizing, like in the Detroit Shoreway neighborhood, they've started self-organizing around this idea of um, kind of guerrilla tree maintenance and also advocacy. Love it. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, what, what Dan said about trends, I think we can never stop paying close attention to trends. You, we started this with the introduction about climate change. And if you go to any publication today, New York Times or the Cleveland Plain Deal or anywhere in between, there will be a story about climate change and, and what is happening. But you won't find in that publication what the government is doing to, to, you know, to combat that. But you will likely read about another rollback. So while climate change is all the news, you get this, the same amount of press goes to the fact that we're on our 83rd rollback of environmental protections um, since the beginning of 2017. So we have to keep an eye on that trend. And as we sit here in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, on a beautiful day, in Columbus, the issue of the day is whether we're going to bail out nuclear and, and roll back uh, renewable uh, energy sources. So we have to look at the trend and make sure that we're not you know, just fighting for small goals. We have to always be looking at what is the bigger picture that we're fighting against. 
in terms of climate change. And always keep that in the back of our minds that, you know, victory only happens when we have partners at the state and federal level. I would highlight Slavic Village neighborhood as being a neighborhood that we're watching for. Um, so this year in Cuyahoga County, we did a repeat tree, urban tree canopy assessment, and the analysis of that is in the works right now. Um, but it, by the end of the year, we'll have this first set of information that tells us how our tree canopy is changing across Cleveland. So the first urban tree canopy assessment is what led to the creation of the Cleveland Tree Plan, and now this is the second one that'll tell us where, where to go from here. But one of the areas that we're really watching is Slavic Village neighborhood because for years their community development corporation, their council person, and the residents have been very active in tree planting as part of a variety of different types of community initiatives. So that's one place where we're hoping we'll see growth in, or at least stability in tree canopy. Kevin mentioned climate change there and the sort of the rollbacks of environmental standards and the weakening of the EPA. We started this conversation talking about climate change and Dan, we talked about the benefits of trees in general, but specifically, what could a 30% or better tree canopy in a city do to help mitigate the effects of climate change or to combat the bad effects that are going to come? Well, one mature red maple tree will sequester 3,000 pounds of carbon dioxide and uh, multiply that by 200,000 and you have a very substantial impact. Also reduces energy usage from heating and cooling, um, storm water reduction, and increased heavy precipitation events as part of climate change in our region, um, already occurring and, and predicted to intensify. And so trees can have you know, multiple benefits of um, reducing the pollution, sequestering carbon, reducing storm water runoff, reducing energy usage. One of the other benefits that seem to have a lot of traction with residents is the air quality improvements and the stress reductions that are linked to trees. And together, those lead to benefits in, say, asthma, reduced hospital emissions related to asthma and heart disease. And um, that, those will become increasingly important, too, as the climate warms. Another thing that's really good about trees is that when it's raining now, and it's been over raining that we think it is, that it's not over raining and it's not harming the trees. What it does is with the trees, it just, it, it drinks it right up like with through, like straws right through the trees. And it actually sits in the trees and it store the water. And when it days like this, when it gets too hot, some, it, it just go ahead and just, it gives all the trees water, all of them. Like all the trees lined up up here even though they're going down, it's just to a slump, it still give other trees water. It stores it. That's a really good point. I could yeah. just point out that the, the transpiration, the evaporation that, that the trees are responsible for has a really significant effect on reducing what's called the urban heat island effect, the evaporative cooling by trees. You increase the canopy. Um, you know, <clears throat> cities tend to be hotter than, than the greener areas because of the um, the surfaces of the building and the roads and so Asphalt. forth, and, and trees can really help mitigate that as well, which further reduces energy demands. And we've been talking a lot here and, and talking about the costs of stormwater management. Trees are stormwater management, right? I mean, if, what Kiana is saying is that they're, they're retaining water and those types of things that, that Yeah, very that much helps. so, and the EPA accepts the data that has been generated from research on the amount of stormwater runoff that is 
reduced by trees, and those can be incorporated and are incorporated into stormwater management plans, the tree canopy. The tree helps it a lot. I mean, actually, the tree helps the water flow a lot. When it, when it rains a lot, the, the lines that's inside of the trees that's going down, it directs the rainfall, and it goes to where it needs to be. So everything gets to where it needs to be, just like the soil and the rain and the rest of the things. It's, it's, it's just a, it's a chain. Today we're enjoying the second forum in this year's For the Love of Cleveland series. Joining me on stage are Sandra Albro. She's with Holden Forest and Gardens. Dr. Daniel Herms is with the Davy Tree Expert Company. Cleveland City Council President Kevin J. Kelly and Kiana Singleton. She's Community Climate Ambassador for the Kinsmen and Central Neighborhoods. We're about to begin our audience Q&A. We welcome questions from everyone. And if you're not presently joining us in the square, if you're watching on Facebook Live, you can pose a question in the comments right there. Similarly, if you'd like to tweet a question, please tweet it at The City Club. It's at The City Club using the hashtag LoveCLE. In both instances, the staff here will try to work it into the program and let me know what your question is. We want to remind you that your question should be brief and to the point. Holding the microphone today is City Club intern Sophia Brewer-Thompson. And may we now have the first question, please. And by the way, the rest of you, get ready with your questions, or I will come out with a microphone and put it in your face. So please, raise your hand and ask a question. Thank you. I, I spoke uh, with Dan uh, about this before the program, but for the other three panelists, are there international uh, collaborations on these issues? Have you been learning from what other countries have been doing, and have they been learning from us? Sandra? Um, yes, so uh, Singapore is an example of a country that has really made a concerted effort uh, led by their government over many decades to dramatically increase their urban tree canopy. And um, yes, they are coming to the U.S. And, and talking about the benefits that they have seen from that initiative that far exceed what they predicted. Um, so we are learning from them. And the number of cities like Cleveland that have tree plans um, I was just in Glasgow, Scotland, talking to Central Scotland, sharing you know lessons between post-industrial cities about the different initiatives that we're doing. And yes, they have a lot of interest in what cities like Cleveland are doing. Dan, can you share what, what you shared prior? Sure. Well, I, I discussed with some of the international collaborations I had when I was on the faculty at Ohio State University in, in forestry and stuff. But I'll also point out that there's a suite of software tools called iTree that can be used to analyze the, um, to quantify the magnitude of ecosystem benefits by trees and the economic value of those benefits, sequestration of carbon, stormwater runoff, and so forth. And these iTree tools are used down in over 130 countries now to analyze the benefits of, of urban forests. In the, in the tree canopy. And they're available to the public. There's one called iTree Landscape. You can go online and search iTree. I like iPhone, but it's not related to Apple. It's a, a Davy and a US Forest Service open access free software program. And there's iTree Landscape. You can go and put your address in, trace around your house with the mouse, and then it will tell you the best location to plant the tree on your property to maximize the ecosystem benefits that you would receive from that tree. Interesting. And that's being used in a number of countries. It's being used all over the world. Kevin, I know when you develop policy at the city, you're always looking at best practices. So do you look internationally or even to take that a step closer, 
cities that are doing it right? Uh, we rely on experts like, like, like Dan and Sandra and others to, to come up with it. I basically look to get our research from the Tree Coalition, from thriving communities, from, from local actors that I assume have done that type of research. Right. But if there's like a trip to Singapore or Glasgow, I would probably make a fact-finding mission. <laughs> right. Another junk it, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Next question, sir. Yes. Is there anything that we could do to treat our grounds, to provide the minerals and stuff that's needed for the trees to grow, to reverse the effect that these industries have been polluting our environment with for years? Great question. So what do we do about the soil, getting rid of pollution and, and, uh, and making it nutritious for trees? Uh, Sandra? <laughs> okay, we're all looking around. Like, um, again, that goes back to the right tree, right place principle. So yes, there are definitely things that you can do to amend your soils, adding compost. If you have really heavy clay soils, adding other types of materials to that to kind of break it up and give the roots a chance to grow. Um, but also... In working with native trees, you know, trees that are already adapted for our area are oftentimes going to do better just by virtue of already being adapted to live here. I know a lot of cities have an arborist on staff, and you can ask them to come out and, and give you some advice. I'm sure since you work for a tree company, Dan, you'd also say your company could, could give that kind of advice. But the fact of the matter is there are tree experts, and they can tell you this soil is too much clay and we need this or, or whatever it might be for that particular right tree, right place. Yeah, that's right. Davy Tree has experts. Other tree care companies have experts. Ohio State University Extension, there's an office in every county has experts that can provide that kind of information on how best to take care of the tree and, and meet those, those needs. And, um, you know, oftentimes life in the urban environment is not easy for a tree. Soils have been compacted, they've been disrupted, they, you know, receive salt in the wintertime, uh, they, you know, have heat from radiation from concrete and so forth. And so, you know, anything that you can do to make life easier for the tree is going to enhance the life and the benefits of that tree. All right, we have another question in the audience, please. Thank you. Hi. Um, so, Kevin, you mentioned the requirement uh, to replace uh, trees that were cut down during development. Are there any other existing protections for trees in Cleveland or Cuyahoga County? Are there any other existing protections for trees in Cleveland or Cuyahoga County? Well, those are the main ones, but um, keep which in mind, are the main ones for those? The, the main, so the the recently enacted um, ordinance that we did that uh, some of my colleagues that are here today co-sponsored, Councilman Brancatelli, Kane, and um, McCormick, along with Councilman Zone. It set it. it it provides a mitigation fund where if a developer or utility takes a tree down. But um, we, the city of Cleveland, we will go at, if you hit a tree with your car, um, there is a fee that's associated with that. And we have a law firm that will, that will go after you in a collections manner um, to replace that tree if it, if it does come down. So this, we this take, is a tree on the public right of way, like yes, in if a you tree hit, if, you, if a tree, nobody has the right to damage a tree um, on the public right of way, um, including the owner of the home, quite frankly. And in the event that that, that that tree is damaged, the city will take action against the, the perpetrator of that. Thank you for the question. And the next one, I'm looking. What does the uh, city of uh, Cleveland allocate for tree planting each year? And do you have any idea what it costs to really plant a tree 
have they allocated a, on a particular tree basis? We're hearing a lot of drum music behind us, but I think the question was, what does it cost to plant a tree, essentially the, the overall cost? Could you say that again, please? Well, first of all, I want to know what the budget for the city of Cleveland has allocated to tree planting. And then I wanted to know if they have any figures on what it costs to plant a tree. Okay, thank you. So what about the budget? Okay, so I, I, we don't have a specific um, tree planting, but we do have an urban forestry division. And I don't know the number off, the exact number offhand, but um, what that division does and what, the, what they're focused on right now is we need to maintain what we have. We need to trim and maintain. We need to remove what is dead. We need to remove stumps of a lot of a lot of trees that were that have been removed, and then restore the tree lawn after the, the the grinding. At that point, then we get into the you know what we the real challenge, which is how do we reforest? How do we then add to the inventory? And that's going to be a capital expense um, that is that is part of this whole continuum. And there isn't a number for a tree. It's been suggested that to plant um, and maintain a tree through its life. You're looking at about $750 to $1,000 per tree. Sandra, do you know, that's, am I getting that number right? Um, it's, for, it's to plant the tree and to grow it for like the th first three years three of years. establishment on public property using public employees to help care for the tree. And that's a really important piece. So the cost of the tree is, is a, s a small portion of that. But to care for it for three years is where a lot of that $700 expense goes. And this is why residents helping it, pitching in can really help reduce the costs of a tree initiative. Because you can buy a tree you know, for not that much money. And if you plant it and take care of it yourself, then we, it doesn't cost anywhere near $700 to do that on private property. A county executive, Armin Budish, announced in his state of the county that the county would propose $5 million to help with the reforestation of the city. So that's $5 million from the county. Who else is, is committing money? Is there, when we talk about the Cleveland tree plan, are there others? I mean, the city doesn't have a specific number in mind, Kevin, you said, but, right, but where's the money coming so from? So let me, let me be clear, though. The, um, we, we very much applaud what the county did. Um, I've had numerous conversations with the mayor about this. He is very open to the idea of, of committing dollars for this, but wants to have a, a plan in place before we go to that. But in terms of there's a fundraising initiative that the Cleveland Tree Coalition is doing right now, and it will involve, you know, it'll involve philanthropy, our healthcare institutions, everybody that's got, that's got skin in this. But Because we need to raise a substantial amount of money. $10 million is not going to get us there. This is going to be a great big capital investment in our city. Um, so we're going about a, treating it like a capital campaign to raise these funds. Already the Tree Coalition members, so the big members there would be the Office of Sustainability at the City of Cleveland, of course Western Reserve Land Conservancy, the Sewer District, Holden Forests and Gardens, Davy Tree and others. Collectively we have raised over $700,000 for trees in the past few years just to get this campaign up and, and going. So we've already seen some significant investment from partners in, in trees. I'll just uh, point out that um, in November, the Arbor Day Foundation Partners meeting is gonna be held, their annual meeting. It's a big deal, it's gonna be held in Cleveland, downtown Cleveland in November. Now, this would be a great opportunity to attend that meeting, meet with the organizations um, that Sandra just mentioned and, and friends groups from around the country you know, to get ideas and, and to um, enhance partnerships for tree preservation and planning. Kevin, I, I know just... I've talked to residents who would ask the question, 
if trees are so important and we're talking about committing money to it, is is are they as important as a sports arena and re and redoing a sports arena because money came up for that pretty quickly from the council and you've made the case for why that needed to happen, but what about making the same case for this issue? Um, yes, it is more important to our public health than a sports facility, um, and if there was a partner that was going to match dollar for dollar what we did and then cover every cost over until we got to a canopy of 30% and um, you know would, would assume all the risk associated with this in the planting, then we would certainly take that deal. Um, but right now we're at a point where, um, as so many things we do in this community, government alone can't act to fix this. We need somebody that's going to match our dollars. We need somebody that's going to put in. This is, uh, we talked about um, $700 a tree, raising 700000 the county's $5 million. We got to think in terms of tens of millions or $100 million if we want to get to 30%. Is it, is it equally important to sports stadiums? Absolutely not. It's more important. And, and we can get there, but with the deals that you're referencing, there's a willing public sector partner that more than kicked in their share of the, what, than what the public sector did. Also, the important thing to remember is that it's not a choice between economic development and trees or regular development and trees. We can incorporate trees into specifications for development, and those two things complement each other very well. Are, are we doing that? Are we requiring developers to pay attention to a certain amount of tree canopy when they build in Cleveland, or is that something that ought to happen more fully? Well, again, that is that is one of the essential tenets of the Cleveland Tree Preservation Ordinance that we that we had just passed. But I assume the developer is going to think about it real seriously now because they have to pay a fee to the extent that they don't. If they take down a tree without thinking about it, they will have to pay a fee um, to mitigate the tree that they took down. So it will be a part of every development going forward in terms of what the, what the trees are. And isn't it just smart business? Wouldn't you think that a development that has trees is going to be more desirable to live or work in than one that doesn't? Absolutely. Trees, just by making the sidewalk more comfortable for people to spend time, trees just slow down foot traffic and increase the amount of business that uh, the businesses receive from the street. Not only that, it's beautification. It's, it's beautification. It makes everything look beautiful around it. If we took the trees away, I mean, how we breathe, y'all? It's oxygen. We need that. <laughs> That's very important. Like, how could a rain or anything else ever be more important than oxygen? Good point. Yes, next question. Yes, ma'am. Can you talk for a minute about tree safety and the importance of taking down trees that risk falling in a storm on your property, on your neighbor's property, or at the worst, injuring people? All right. Well, what about tree safety? We mentioned it. We touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, Dan, your thoughts on, on, uh, on that? Well, trees certainly can, can be a, a hazard to life and limb. There's no question about that. So um, certified arborists and other tree experts are, are trained in identifying tree hazards and mitigating those hazards. Um, you know, dead branches can be a hazard. When ash trees die, they fall. And uh, so people are injured you know, all the time by falling trees. So it's something to be very cognizant of. And, um, um, we had talked earlier about the emotional connection to trees and how that can prevent people from wanting to cut down a tree that's very beloved. I think in a lot of cases, though, these are trees that aren't necessarily, they don't have a lot of emotional value. They're, they're back along the back property line and they've just been forgotten. It's, it's really expensive to provide adequate maintenance to a tree, especially when, as it gets bigger. 
And that's where, again, helping people realize the value of the benefits that the tree is already providing so that they're not just looking at the tree as a, a, you know, a money suck, but they're looking at it as they can balance the costs of maintenance against the benefit that the tree is providing and make a good decision about maintenance. But also not, not every tree should be preserved. You know, and part of a really good tree inventory is recording the state of the health of that tree and monitoring that over time and deciding when it's time to replace that tree. Kevin? And we don't have a, we don't have a, a report card on the health of all 120,000 trees that are on public property in Cleveland. We really need residents to tell us if there is a, if there is a, a, a tree that's in need of maintenance because uh, some trees will, trees will fall in storms. And sometimes healthy trees, trees fall in storms, depending on how severe it is. Some things can be controlled, but if the city knows about it, um, then we can do something about it. But it's, we have to have residents participating and letting the city know that there's a problem. All right, next question. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, what, can you tell us how, how, what the role of the utilities is in taking down healthy trees and also how, what, we, what the government and what the citizens can do to pressure the utilities to have more respect for trees? So I think we all heard that question, the utilities and their role. And this was to the point I was bringing up earlier where you'll get calls from people in Lakewood that says, why did they cut down the tops of all these trees or take down trees entirely because of power lines or other utility issues? What about that as an issue and how do you deal with utilities to make sure the trees are preserved? Thoughts, Kevin Kelly? Yeah, on that point, um, utilities... Up until this point, their job is to provide the power or the gas or whatever it is that, they're, that they are in business to do. Um, and just to, not to keep going back to it, but I'm going to again, um, the, the Cleveland Tree Preservation Ordinance addresses just that situation. Um, if, if, it's, if it's Dominion, if it's First Energy, if it's, if it's Cleveland Public Power, if they take down a tree um, in furtherance of their mission, they need to... They need to contribute to a fund that is going to go to restore the canopy. So we are, by doing so, we're making utilities think about trees before they cut. Um, one thing that I, that we have to solve for is, you know, the sometimes absolute butcher job that utilities will do. They might not kill a tree, but it sure will look horrible when they're done if they cut goalposts into trees to, to clear lines. Um, and that's, that's something we have to deal with. Sandra? So the, protect, the Tree Protection and Preservation Ordinance that's been referenced was an update that was just passed a few months ago. It was an update to a, a law, an ordinance that was on the books from the 70s that just had a very small penalty for cutting down a tree. So developers and utilities maybe had to pay 15 to $50 to cut down a tree. This ordinance has updated the value of trees in, in current dollars. So now the size, the condition, the location, and the species of the tree are all factored in. So a for a very big tree that is in great condition, in a good place, um, that the value of that tree could be $15,000. And then now utilities would have to pay that to remove that. Um, or if they cause damage to it, that would re result in the death of the tree. So that will just get utilities thinking a bit more about the value of trees. That's on the end of they'd have to pay if they did something to it. What if I don't want them to do something to it? I mean, you, we made a joke earlier about tree hugging, and it's not just about tree hugging, but I, do I go hug the tree? Or how do I, when I see the utility on my street and they've got saws out, how do I make sure that they're not cutting down a healthy tree? Who do I call if I don't know if I have a city ordinance like the one just passed in Cleveland? What can citizens do to preserve those trees? Um, you, can, you can talk to them. You can call your local representatives. At the end of the day, 
if a public utility needs to stay clear lines um, to avoid a blackout, you, we, you can't, the citizen can't stop certain things. And we, I guess we have to be realistic in what we ask for. There are certain times when we are not going to be able to stop a utility from going forth with the project that they're doing. But there's ways to mitigate the damage. And I think the, the more we talk about it, the more that the citizens express their concerns about it, the better result will happen. But it would not be right and honest for me to say that we can stop every project that's happening because at a certain point the utilities will do what they're in business to do. Sandra? And we can also again go back to those principles of right tree, right place when we think about replacing the tree that utilities are cutting down so that we make sure we're replacing it with something that is appropriate for that position given the position of the utility lines so that we don't run into that again in the future. Okay, we've got another question. Yes, sir. Councilman Tony Brancatelli. Hi. I I think our budget this year was about a million dollars in uh, putting up new trees throughout the city. And I understand that Western Reserve Conservancy is um, uh, looking forward for a bill to be passed in the state that would allow for additional dollars to come in, which would require the city to put in additional match dollars. So that would be great news. But my question is for Sandra. Um, We introduced legislation in 2013 to allow residents to do some stewardship of our trees. We hope to get that passed soon. Um, But uh, the steward program, can you talk about um, how long somebody would have to go through training and how often does a stewardship program open up that we can get more volunteers out helping our public tree canopy. Um, Yeah, that would be great legislation if we could get it passed. The tree steward program is something that has been grant funded in the past. Do we have plans for another tree steward program in the future? Okay, um, if you go to Western Reserve Land Conservancy's website, you can get information about the the upcoming tree steward trainings. It's about 12 hours of training divided over four different classes, and again, that walks you all the way from tree, you know, planting, proper planting um, to maintenance and uh, all of the things that we've been talking about today. Kevin Kelly, it was mentioned that this piece of legislation was introduced in 2013, would like to see it pass, so you're the council president. Can it pass? It certainly can pass. Um, 2013 just completed. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's something that, um, you know, I'll, I, can, I need to find it, quite frankly. Um, I need to put my hands out and find out where it is in the, in the committee process. So it stopped somewhere between, before it got to my box and finance committee, and I can, I can find that. All right. Yes, next question. Oh, there it is. Yep. Hello. Gorilla tree management. Tell us about that. Gorilla tree management. Okay, right now I'm only speaking for myself. No. Um, gr- So we have, like I mentioned, 300 plus graduates of the tree steward program. And so these are people that are now recognizing bad maintenance practices like volcano mulch. They can see that mulch that is heaped up against the trunk of the tree can result in early death. Um, And so these residents, now that they've gone through the training, they, they recognize problems in their communities. They've become advocates in their communities for different types of, of legislation and other types of support for good tree planting and maintenance practices. So I, I don't want to, they, they there aren't roving hordes of tree nerds like, <laughs> you know, out there maintaining trees, but they have become really good advocates. And maybe occasionally if they see volcano mulch, they may dig out the root flare. <laughs> All right. Do we have another question? Yes. We do. We have a question from Twitter. Is there any thought of putting trees on Mall C or any of the malls? Trees on Mall C or any of the malls. Any thoughts on that? That would be, it would have to be according, you know, to the 
to the plan of the mall. It's not ruled out, but I think that that's the, um, I just want to use that question to reemphasize that we need to move beyond tree lawn trees. We really need to look at every, you know, all available land, schools, parks, private property, vacant land. So I don't know of a plan to plant more on Mall C, but um, it's, it certainly has to be part of the, part of the equation. Okay. Next question. Yes, ma'am. Hi, my question's for Kiana. Um, this is going a little bit more broadly, but when you're speaking to your residents about climate change and maybe trees specifically, but also just about climate change, what type of things do you talk about that help your residents to connect the dots and make climate change uh, personal, um, something more personal to them and relevant to their lives? How are you able to connect with your residents in your neighborhood about climate change and so that they uh, are taking that issue personally and, and, and being the kind of advocate that you are uh, against climate change and, and for a better uh, neighborhood environment? Well, actually, um, last summer I had a six weeks health challenge and um, it was for seniors and it was for um, also small children. and. Um, I had them do exercising and eating correctly and um, picking vegetables from out the garden and um, watering the soil and, 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 and teaching and helping each other, getting together to be able to produce and to be able to learn how to do these different things together. So I had the community do it and some of the questions that they had was wonderful because there's some things that we had never know far as with the climate, if it's too hot or if it's raining too much. But me, I took up on just having a six weeks challenge to be able to see what seniors and what children were like individually, but on different days. So it was awesome. Thank you, Kiana. We have time for one more. And do we have one more? We do. Sophia? We have yep. one last from Twitter. What standards are new developments in Cleveland held to in regards to preserving existing site trees? Did you guys catch that? What was the question? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you please repeat that? Absolutely. What standards are new developments in Cleveland held to in regards to preserving existing site trees? What standards are new developments in Cleveland held to? The same as we, we've discussed. If a tree is, is removed, um, it is assessed, and it's not just something that somebody randomly picks a number. There's a there's an association of arborists that have software that that put the value on that tree, and you know they are made to pay you know for that. But that's that's the standard in terms of development. Is if you remove a tree, you need to pay. Um, other standards, you know, we get there's a lot of people that call about trees that are in need of maintenance, and we have arborists that, that go out, and, and it's a case-by-case -case basis in terms of what our existing tree canopy, how they're treated for maintenance requests, but a developer is held to a very high standard if they are going to take trees down. All right, time for a 30-second takeaway from each of you. Dan, what's our takeaway? Well, I think the takeaway is that the tree canopy has been shrinking in Cleveland for a long time, and I think that there's really reason to be optimistic about the increase in the canopy and the benefits that it'll provide. Sandra? Um, the takeaway is you can see that there's been a lot of work already happening around trees. Um, trees are very important for equity and climate resilience in Cleveland, and this work will is very important for the future. Future directions for the work include really engaging with residents and meeting them where they're at about trees, their concerns for their communities, and ways that we can 
leverage investment in urban tree canopy to address the variety of needs that residents have in Cleveland. Kevin Kelly. Uh, thank you. That we need to increase the tree canopy is well settled. Um, how we get there is not. Uh, this is going to have to be a community-wide effort. This can't be government. This can't be just city. This has to be the whole community doing this. And while we're doing this, we can never lose track of the, the larger agenda in terms of what's happening to climate change at the national and state level. And Kiana. We need to get everybody together and be able to spread the word and let them know how important the trees are, especially oxygen, the breath we're taking. Um, they need to know more. We need to teach the children and, 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 and we need to teach the children and show them that what's more important than climbing the trees or hurting the trees or running your bikes into them, they need to know what's more important, y'all. Everybody need to get together, come up with some type of solution that we can be able to help make the change instead of talking about the change. Today at the City Club, we've been enjoying the second forum in our For the Love of Cleveland series, a conversation on how climate change is affecting our tree canopy. The presenting sponsors of today's forum is the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District. Our supporting sponsor is PNC. Additional support for the series is provided by the Good Community Foundation and RPM Incorporated. We appreciate your generous support for the Love of Cleveland series. Join us on Tuesday, July 16th for the third forum in the series. We'll be discussing ways to clean up air pollution. And that brings us to the end of today's forum. Thank you, Ms. Albro, Dr. Herms, Council President Kelly, and Ms. Singleton. And thank you, members and friends of the City Club. This forum is now adjourned. <laughs>